When it comes to EVE Online, every player wants to know the most effective tactic available. You want to know the meta. The meta controls everything. It determines what will and will not happen. Knowing the meta will alter your views, make you question your reality. It might even make you laugh. And now, you're part of it. You're watching The Meta Show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Meta Show. Today is September the 17th, 2022. You might notice something different on the show today. Well, first of all, one, the chat box is not working yet, so that's interesting. But number two, I'm by here. I'm here all by myself. What does this mean? Well, what it means is today we're doing what I like to call the Brisk Solo Show. It's just me. It's just me. You all will get a solid hour of listening to me talk. Now, if you are like my wife, then this is definitely a soporific for you, and I expect you will get the best night's sleep you've had in a long time. If, on the other hand, you like the sound of my voice because I'm yelling a lot and talking about things that have happened in Eve this week, then you're in for a treat because we've got a lot of that today. We have an hour of it today. We've got a little bit of news, not a whole ton of news, to start the show. And then I want to have a long and extended discussion with myself about the drama that happened earlier this week within the Imperium. Many of you may not have even been paying attention to this. You might not even be aware of it. But I think it's an interesting enough topic that it warrants an entire show on its own. So that's what we're going to do. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Meta Show. Uh, this week is just going to be a good old time because there's not a whole heck of a lot happening in EVE Online. And why is that? Well, I'll show you. The main reason is, one, the final, the war is finally over. What war, you ask? I don't know. Apparently, we were fighting a war, at least according to our friend Gobbins. I'm going to pull this up on the screen. This is a little hard to see. I'm going to zoom in on it for you. Let me zoom in. Zoomy, zoomy, zoom in. You get to see behind the scenes my show notes. So earlier this week, Pandemic Horde killed the GE Tech Keepstar. This was apparently an amazing victory for the Hordlings. Victory in the South and end of the deployment. If you all recall correctly, this was the deployment that started for Horde two weeks ago. They managed a, a whole two-week-long deployment. In that two weeks, they watched as the Imperium chose to end our deployment and leave. So what did they do? Well, they reverted to standard Pappy form and did the thing they loved to do more than anything else, and that is bash uncontested structures. And so they did that. They destroyed the ZMV Keepstar, which was our staging when we were pushing forward. 
And then they moved all the way through, catch to GE Tech, and destroy the GE Tech Keepstar. The history of the GE Tech Keepstar, that was the former Brave Staging Keepstar in catch. It had been there for about four or five years now. It was one of the best content drawers in EVE, at least for Karma Fleet and myself and, and many of the Init and Imperium members who'd like to go fight them when we could just grab a fleet out of Kebbers, run through Head GP, get over. I can go the entire route from Head GP to SVM, straight to UTEC Q or UTEC O, right to VTEC 3 and, and Bravo Tech 3 and Victor Tech 3. And, uh, and then we sit on the gate and we go into G Tech. We pick a fight with Brave. They come in, they fight us. We have a good time. And then we do it again the next week. This was Brave's Keepstar. We bought it from them when it was clear at the end of the Great War, the Vietnam War, that they were not going to be able to hold catch. And it became an Imperium Keepstar. Now it's dead. This was a big deal. This was a big deal. Now, of course, Gobbins has to take all the credit for this. You know, uh, not noticing that the main part of the time that they were fighting, it was fire doing the work. They were the ones fighting. But in the end, this war just kind of ended because both sides were like, this is dumb. We don't want to do this anymore. But hey, they managed to get a couple keep star kills. Good for them. How great is this? And you can watch and see he's complaining. And, and of course, throws things in here about FRT involvement. Well, we noted that if FRT is going to stop fighting Brave up north and come mess with us, well, then... You know, everybody's down here, so why are we still here? You should laugh at goons when they claim content ended because FRT got involved. Uh, I don't think we ever said the content ended, but, you know, when Pappy reforms to mess with us and we're just kind of on a content deployment, which is really all the fire thing was, it was basically to tell those guys to stop letting the Horde guys into our space, through their space. Uh, we ended up going home. So there you go. So that's that. So we left two weeks ago. They declare immediate victory now because they killed two Keepstars, and they're going home. So with that, and with the, the the steady drumbeat of losses that FRT has been picking up in the north against uh, Volta and Brave, there's not a whole hell of a lot going on in the game right now. And so we had last week... Ithaca Hawk was on the show with me, and we had a good conversation talking about the new expansion coming up. This is the other bit of news that we have for this week. And I have to laugh a little bit because I love my fellow EVE players very much. They are a very hardy bunch. You guys are a very hardy crew. You, have a, you do a lot of fun things. But the one thing you are the best at is is pulling conspiracy theories out of your assholes. And that's what happened earlier this week. So we saw some new weird data core get dropped. And instead of remembering that CCP promised in the last dev blog that they would get new ships to us in the game by the end of September, and they were doing it in a narrative fashion, people immediately jumped to the idea that this was ship mutaplasmids. 
Now, that's not the dumbest thing I've ever heard because I know that there had been talk about doing ship mutaplasmids years and years ago, but it kind of just fell by the wayside. But that instead of people remembering that we were going to get new ships and they immediately jumped to ship mutaplasmids and then started screaming about it, that I had to say it brought a small smile to my face this week because that is the Eve that I know in. So here's what we've got. These are currently what we're seeing on, on Sissy. These are the new, basically, Navy battlecruiser ships that we're going to see at the end of the month. Prophecy Navy issue, Ferox Navy issue, because the Ferox needed to be better. Myrmidon Navy issue, which is not, it's okay. It adds, it adds some turret damage bonus. Uh, and, and a web uh, drone bonus, which is interesting. But I don't know how much people are really going to want. Maybe, maybe that'll be a new ratting ship. Cyclone fleet issue. The probe fleet issue. The probe was the one that got everybody freaking out because that was the one that they found the data core for. Imicus Navy issue. Heron Navy issue. And the Magnate Navy issue. I will tell you this right now. I don't think I've ever flown a probe, an Imicus, or a Magnate or a cyclone ever. Prophecy, yes. Ferox all the time. Myrmidon, yes. Heron, even a Heron, I've flown. I haven't flown the other one. So these are the new ships, at least some of the new ships that we should expect to see by the end of the month. They are slightly better. Stitch Caneland had a very long post talking about them in great detail on Reddit if you want to go check it out. Uh, I did not read the whole thing because that type of stuff bores the shit out of me. But I trust that those folks at, at CCP who are working on these ships will take a look at it and figure it out. Now, that's all of the regular material of news and excitement for this week. So we're going to go into our top story, which was, did the initiative blue fuck the Imperium this week? Let's see. All right. So what exactly happened? Let me let me let me go back and I'm going to pull a brisk move because this is something that I tend to do quite a bit. And that is I like to layer my stories like a lawyer. That makes me very long winded. But on a show with no one else but me, that's not a bad thing. So let's start at the very beginning back in the good old days. And I if you are Fountain Frank, you will please close your ears because you're going to scream at me when I say this. Back when Innit lived in Fountain, before the Vietnam War, it was a great time. We had a lot of fun. There was ample places to go and make money and do the types of things that those of us like to do when we are not out pew-pewing against each other. Then the Vietnam War happened, and immediately the first thing that we lost was Fountain. Pandemic Horde and the rest of Pappy rolled through Fountain, cleared it out. Our keep stars in J5A, our keep star in IGE were all pulled down and moved when we could move them. Otherwise, they were left there to be destroyed in place. And all of the material, all of the assets, all of the things that we had built up in Fountain over the years were dead. Everything was dead. 
Now, fast forward to the end of the Vietnam War. At the end of the war, we expected to go back to Fountain, which we did, because that's what we wanted to do. At the same time, another Imperium group, the Bastion, who were the heroes of Esoteria during the war, they punched very much above their weight, cleared out a ton of space that was left behind for AOM and a bunch of the other test uh, dick holders who were sitting in the background, kind of just trying to make sure they were able to put as many people on the front lines as they could by not having to do any work in the backfields. They cleared out a ton of stuff. We pushed Brave out of catch, and it helped push Brave out of catch, and they were all stuck in Quirius. Quirius dies, they all have to move out, and of course, as we all know, Test ends up in Outer Passage, Brave ends up in period basis. Everybody's sleeping on Horde's couch in the Drone regions for a while. And the Imperium has to reset itself up. So what happened? There was, obviously, the design of the initiative was to return to Fountain, which we did. At the same time, we expected that that would be the region that we would control. And the other regions, the rest of Delve, Quirius, the, the space that we had taken in Catch and elsewhere would be parceled out to other members of the Imperium that had also lost space like we had during the war. This was not what actually ended up happening. And I know that my friend Darkshines was unhappy about this, but two constellations in Fountain were given to the Bastion because they wanted to go there. That, that was space they liked, they were familiar with it, and they wanted to live there. So after some finagling and some arguing and some back and forth and some diploing and Mittens coming in and doing his job as the Supreme Allied Commander, the decision was made that, and it would take most of Fountain, but these two constellations were given over to Bastion. And yes, that is correct. They, Bastion was in Fountain before the war as well. Now, what happened to all of the stuff that was in space there? Well, much of the material that the Bads had left in Fountain was purchased by Init and the Bastion from the bad guys. We spent a large amount of money somewhere upwards in the hundreds of billions of ISK, buying leftover stuff that the bad guys had left in Fountain so that we wouldn't have to redo everything that we did, okay? Bastion did the same thing and bought a bunch of leftover stuff. And then of course, they began putting their own things up. Now. One of the Fortizars that they put up, and I'm going to put it up on the screen here, was this one in 57 TAC in Fountain. This was the Fortizar that they staged out of while they were building their Keepstar. When this one was finished being built, it was the main stager. I'm not sure how long it was the main stager for. And it was there for, somebody else is saying he put this up, and I'm, I'm saying yes, this was a Bastion Fortizar. It was not our Fortizar. We bought this from them after 
Bastion Folder. But that's too far along in the story. I'm not there yet. Okay. So this Fortazar was their stager until they built their Keepstar. After the Keepstar was built, they moved that into that, and that became the stager. This was one of a number of Fortazars and Astra Houses that were put up throughout Fountain by Bastion, as well as the ones we put up for in it. Okay. So as time goes on, we get into a, a pretty solid groove. Folks are fighting in Fountain. Folks are having a good time in it. Bastion were getting along for the most part. There were always, I think, a, a few bits of, of um, anger or jealousy or whatever you want to call it between the groups. There was always a little bit of friction. I know Shines did not like some of the Bastion leadership. I know the Bastion leadership did not like some of our leadership. And it was a little testy relationship, but we're all one big happy family. We're all in the Imperium under Papa Mittens at the time. And so everything was kind of chill. Then what happens? So Carneros, who was a very good friend of mine, leader of the Bastion, founder of the Bastion, decides he's going to take a break. He got a new job and he did not want to, he wasn't going to leave the Alliance anymore. And Bastion chose that they were going to dissolve. So they did. So what happens to all the players in the Bastion? Well, they went in a variety of different places. Some of them came to Init. Some of them came to the went back to other Imperium groups. Some went to Goons. Some left the Imperium altogether. But the the most far most most for the most part, they stayed, most of these members stayed in the Imperium. What happened to all their structures? All of their structures were purchased by Init because we were going to control all of that territory. The iHubs were flipped. Everything went over. So now when you look at it, all of Fountain is controlled by the initiative. So then what's the next thing that happens? Well, you have a dozen plus structures in Fountain that weren't being used. Hi, Victor. They weren't being used. They were in areas that were not the prime central areas that Enid had been using for a while, and they were kind of in the backwoods. They weren't, they weren't being used to their full potential. So the decision was made to pull those down. And as has been the Imperial policy for as long as I can remember, when a structure is being decommissioned, it's renamed to do not use. Pings are sent out saying, do not use this. Move your stuff. Don't get it. Don't leave things here because we're getting these. We're taking these things down. That's been done in 1DQ. It was done with two Keepstars in 1DQ, including the former staging Keepstar in 1DQ. It has been done all over the place a bunch of times. Now... This leads back to this kill mail that I was showing, and I will show it again. So what happened here? Instead of doing what normally happens, which is those structures are pulled down, and anyone who had material in those structures could have it automatically shifted to asset safety, whether they were playing the game or not, and then they'd have to go to Aridia to get it out. Uh, Hopip, I believe, is the is, is the system for Fountain, if I recall correctly, from all the shit that I had there after the war. 
they could they could get it. They'd have to pay a 15% tax. They could get their stuff back and they could move it and try to get it back somewhere, either to Imperium space or blow it up or sell it in wherever you want. That's what happens. Okay. Now, a few years ago, now, my dear friend and CSM colleague, Merkel Chen, had a really good idea that I still support to this day, although I know that it's not popular with some people, and I know it's not popular with some of the people that are in chat. It was called the abandoned mechanic. And what that basically meant was for space trash structures, structures that are in space, someone had it, they no longer care about it, they've quit the game, they've left, they forgot they even owned the thing. In order to generate some content for existing players who are still here, the idea was that after the fuel runs out, these structures become loot pinatas, asset safety's turned off, and when you destroy them, what happens is, just like in wormhole space, a bunch of cans pop, and it's a loot fest, and everybody goes and grabs as many ships and things as they can, as they possibly can, and it was designed as a way to incentivize people to blow up structures that were just sitting out in space doing nothing, that had gone abandoned because nobody was fueling them, because nobody cared, that whoever had it had let them go. It's the same thing that happens with posses in space. They become instant kill mails, except posses don't potentially drop endless amounts of loot. Now in the Imperium, we have, in on a number of occasions, gotten control of structures from the bad guys, let those go abandoned, and then blow them up. We did that with AOM's Keepstar when they were trying to goonfuck us and pretend that they could still be under the control of people that we didn't like and still rejoin the Imperium after fighting us during the war. That was a pretty famous example of it. Those guys, to be clear, were not allies. They were not members of the Imperium. They never were, and they never were going to be but they did give us their Keepstar, and we blew it up. And we got a lot of loot from it. And I can tell you, in addition to that, in other situations during the war, there were places where staging structures were gone abandoned because things like fell apart. And the result was, we got a big payday. I recall a, a, a random Athenor that we blew up that we didn't realize was a staging Athenor that dropped something along the order of 150 to 200 billion isk worth of stuff. I, I got a nightmare out of that, which I promptly sold before Blurkus could blow it up. And I know Inominate and others got carriers full of ships. We got a ton of stuff. We had to call fleets of our friends in just to help carry the ship back to 1DQ. It was a fun mechanic. It was an exciting mechanic. Is it is it a, is it a mechanic that many people think is fair? No. A lot of people don't like the mechanic, they don't like the abandoned mechanic, and they hate that it exists in the game because they view it as CCP breaking a promise that was made when structures were put in the game in 2018, that your stuff would be safe in a, in a player-built structure just like it was safe in a NPC station. NPC stations couldn't be destroyed, these could be destroyed, but you always had asset safety. This was the first time they were taking that away. Now. A lot of times, when I am talking to NullSec players, I hear constant refrains. 
of asset safety sucks, ends asset safety. The game is too, is, isn't risky enough. The game is not like it used to be. We should make it so that loss matters more. You can't just go and buy more stuff or anything. You, you, you need to feel pain when you lose things and get rid of asset safety. And the abandoned mechanic was part of that philosophy because it prioritized existing players who are here, who want content, want reasons to, to log into EVE Online and play it over people who have quit. Now, there has always been the argument that players who have quit and come back and have lost all their stuff are more likely to just quit again immediately than come back. I've seen that argument made many, 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 many times. I've seen you, you'll get every three or four months, you'll get a player coming back to Eve from a long break, pre-abandonment mechanic break, who's lost all of his stuff, doesn't understand why, and posts and complaining about it. And then people have to explain to him what happened. And the result was that their stuff, your stuff is dead because this is what we added. They, they changed the rules of the game. Well, that wasn't fair. Well, it happened, whether it was fair or not. So back to the Bastion situation. Now, this Fortizar, their old stager, unlike had been done in past practice within the Imperium, the do not uses and the pings were all preliminary to a structure being pulled down. Instead, in it leadership, and you can see they're all on here, Blurkus, Waking T, Dark Shines, and then Sammy Two Inches, Blurkus's alt, and Twickerham is, is Waking T's alt. We have Dark Shines, the number one guy in the initiative. We have Waking T, his number two guy, and Blurkus, the lead U.S. time zone FC, attacking this structure. What you don't see is that this structure was allowed to go abandoned rather than pulled down with the resulting loot pinata dropping close to 300 billion isk worth of stuff. That pissed a lot of people off, if I can say so, and you can tell by the folks in the chat. Now, the bulk of the material in there was loot from organizations that had previously been in the basket, but it was largely from players who had left the game because if they players were in the game, they had plenty of opportunity to know that the structure was unfueled. There would have been a little red arrow next to their materials in there. They could have clicked the send all to asset safety button. And after seven days, moved all their stuff to another structure in the same system or after a month, it would automatically go to Hophib. That mechanic was in the game. So anybody who was actively playing should have been aware that this potentially could have happened. The problem is those who were not playing the game would not be aware. And there were the ones who were least likely to have moved their stuff to the Keepstar. The Keepstar, which by the way, was decommissioned in the usual fashion. It was pulled down and was used again and no one lost any material from that. 
Now, Shines has said the reason they did that was to recoup the costs of taking all of that space and putting up all of those structures and keeping them fueled for that long. It cost about $300 billion. They made about $300 billion. Did Shines and Waking Tea and Blurkus and them keep all of this? No, it went to, and it's Alliance SRP fund, as well as all of the other things that is paid for. This is what happened. Now, you all are going to get to watch me argue with myself about the ethics of the situation. Because I think this is an interesting thing, and because I am a lawyer and I can argue both sides of anything because that's what I'm trying to do. Now, from the left, I'm going to take the side of the members of the Bastion, including folks like Symbiote and others who are in the chat who are extremely upset and still upset about what happened. This was unprecedented. It was not something that we had seen ever happen again and before between groups inside one coalition. The fact that one group would just simply decide to destroy the former structure that they had taken over and had had discussions about other structures like the Keepstar, making sure that they would not go abandoned. And then basically stealing from people who had quit the game. And we all know how important the Horn of Gundor was to the Imperium war efforts, putting impediments in the way of people coming back to play Eve by taking all their stuff when they've gone is not the kind of thing that you would expect from leaders. In the end, it's, it's straight blue fucking. You screwed over your former allies. How is that a good thing? How is that something that we should condone? Why should we be okay with that? We're supposed to all be friends. Why would you do something like this to your friends? Now, from the in it perspective, Fountain has been our space. It is our home. We have spent a lot of time putting it together, building it up, turning it into what it is today. We never liked the idea that the Bastion was gonna have space in Fountain, even if they had space before, because we thought this was our region, we earned it. Now, they left, they folded as a group. They sold us their structures. Carneros and Shines had a conversation talking about making sure that the Keepstar stager was pulled down appropriately so that nobody lost any stuff. But there were no conversations about any of the other structures that were left in space, including this one. And it owned the structure. You can see by the kill mail, it says initiative trust. This was in its structure. Do alliances in the game have any or owe any duty to people who were never members of their alliance, even if they were allies, and to protect in perpetuity their stuff. Is that a thing? 
Should that be a thing? And should Shines put the... I would say, I can't even say it this way. I'll only try to figure out how to say it. After giving six months notice to move the stuff, including three months notice to Imperium officials, should Shines have put the needs and the cares of players who had quit the game that were never members of his alliance over the needs of existing players and the benefits that the stuff that those other players had but were not using could immediately provide to the members of his alliance. Why is it better to leave a bunch of shit stuck in a, in a station forever for when people may or may not ever come back when you know you have people who are playing the game actively right now who are on the same team that can use that stuff immediately, isn't that a better use of the money? And yes, it's clearly taking from one group to give to another, but aren't there times when that's okay? Now, brisk you ignorant slut, how could you how dare you could could you say that it would be even be okay to steal from these ex-Bastion members? Why didn't they just unanchor it? That would have been fine. You could have just unanchored the structure. And then there would be no problems. It would all have gone to asset safety and people could get this stuff back whenever they decide to come back to the game. Why take it? and use it now. That's not your stuff. You didn't earn that stuff. You didn't make that stuff. The people that were in Bastion did, and they should have a reasonable expectation for when they come back to the game that they can actually get the things that they left where they left them and not have to worry about the structure being gone and all their stuff being gone too because somebody in their group that they were friends with got greedy. Why is that even an okay thing? Brisk, you really need to stop with the name calling if you really want me to, to listen to your arguments. It's not okay. We can disagree without being disagreeable, all right? Now, to your point. What would have happened if these structures had been destroyed by the bad guys? What if they had been abandoned and destroyed by the bad guys? Would that have been okay? Should Shines have just said, well, we're not going to fuel these structures anymore because this is costing us millions and millions of fuel blocks every month for structures no one's using. We've told you for six months not to use them. We've told the Imperium leadership for three months, hey, we're going to do this. What would have happened if we just let those things go abandoned because they were space trash? We weren't using them anymore. And somebody... Deepwater Hooligans or Seven Sanctum or some of the guys that are hanging out there and like the mess around gangbang squad decides to go and blow the structure up and they get all of the loot. Would that have been a better outcome? Or no, you expect what, again, what I said before, that the initiative who had nothing to do with Bastion other than they were allies, that it was our responsibility to take care of all of their former structures in perpetuity for all time. 
defend them, keep them up. If we pull them down, all right, stuff can go to asset safety if we pull it down. But if we don't want to do that because it takes work and time and costs money and potentially could end up with ships getting blown up and scooped, as we've seen before, why should we do that? What duty do we owe to these Bastion, ex-Bastion members who quit the game months ago? And in addition to this, don't we all recognize that with the abandonment mechanic, that none of your stuff is safe, regardless of where it is, if you don't put it in an NPC structure, it could die. You could lose it all. Everyone knows this. The folks who were in and put stuff in that structure had to know it because the mechanic was in the game before that structure existed. So isn't the onus on them that if they really wanted this stuff so bad that they would move it themselves before they quit? Isn't that something we should expect from players, that they take a little bit of responsibility for the stuff that they create? Presque, I wouldn't have to name call you if you weren't so full of shit all the time, okay? All they had to do was just pull the damn structure down. That's it. How hard is that? How hard is that? You just pull the structure down. Okay. It's scooped. Fine. If somebody blows it up after it's been scooped, everything in there goes to asset safety. Everything in there goes to asset safety. Why does asset safety exist but for to ensure that people who are no longer playing, and those are the ones we should care the most about, that their stuff doesn't get stolen and they don't lose everything and come back to a bunch of nothing. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't that be a basic fundamental thing? Why wouldn't that be something that you would expect people to use? But you chose not to do that. Instead, you took their stuff. That was wrong. Again, Brisk, I have to ask you to stop with the name calling. I am not full of shit. I am simply presenting an opposing point of view to your own. Be a grown-up, okay? Stop it. Again, do we not care in this game about things like personal responsibility, taking care of your own shit, Making sure that if you are going to take a break and you decide, you know what, I don't feel like playing Eve anymore. I don't like CCP. Those guys suck. I'm not coming back till they fix the game. That before you make that final decision that you take a minute and you say, all right, well, let me move my stuff around to make sure it's in places where it's not going to get destroyed if I don't come back and play this game for two years. Because we all come back, right? And as far as I understand it, from the people who are concerned about folks that have been displaced because of the war in Ukraine and other other places like that, if they, are, they were gone through no fault of their own, I understand that in it will be reimbursing those players. But everybody else, the other ones that quit or the ones who are still actively playing but didn't move their stuff because they were lazy, this is Eve. This is what happens when you lose stuff. But the benefit, the best part of EVE Online, your character is immortal. Your skill points, they don't go anywhere anymore. 
They just keep going up. Your character is the most important thing that anybody playing this game has. It's not the stuff that you got. It's not the ship that you got. It's not any of that kind of crap. What you need more than anything is a character, and that doesn't change. And you can lose every single thing you have in this game and start from scratch tomorrow and build up 10 times more than you had before. If losing a couple ships and some isk is what decides it for you that you don't want to come back and play Eve, you didn't want to come back and play Eve in the first place. So the idea that people are not going to come back to the game because this happened, that's just, that's not a legitimate argument. And in the end, what is more important, as I noted before, a bunch of ISK sitting in asset safety that's not being used by people who may or may not ever come back to EVE, or one of the biggest alliances in the game that is trying to fund continuing operations gets an injection of cash from a structure they owned that was sold to them with no promises made that it would never be taken down or destroyed. And they're going to take that money and use it to fund fun things for all of us who are still playing. Isn't that a better use of that ISK and those materials than sitting in an asset safety can in Hophib for years? It's not your stuff. You stole it from them. There were other ways around it. Ethically speaking, you did the wrong thing. And frankly, you shouldn't do it again, and you should apologize. Because this was a bad idea, and all it's done is piss off your friends and make them worried that you're going to walk away from the alliance and the, from the coalition. So fix it. And as we've already noted, no other structures are going to be put into abandoned state. The other structures that are out there are going to be pulled down. Not anybody who was legitimately out of side, legitimately not, not playing the game for reasons that are outside of their own control, they will be reimbursed. But for the rest, it's EVE Online. It's a game about loss. You're going to lose stuff. Sometimes you'll lose it to your allies. If this had flipped and been given away and saw a spy had taken it, what's the difference? If it had been abandoned and then killed by the bads, they would have gotten the loot. What's the difference? In the end, people who are actively playing are the ones who will benefit from the stuff in that structure. And nobody in an alliance owes anything to somebody who's not a member of their alliance, even if they're allies. What you have as allies is show up in fleets with them, pull on the same chain, and we won't shoot you in space, actively. There you go. Now, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, wait, let me get my, there I am. I'm back on the screen. I hope you guys enjoyed watching me yell at myself. Now, I don't think that there is any easy solution to this issue. I don't think that there is anything 
that shines can do now or say that's going to bring back that money or even there be a way to try to figure out who had what in there and get it back to them i think if you if you talk to folks i think folks now if they could do it over again probably wouldn't have chosen to do this just because of the headaches and because i think they recognize that this may not have been the best idea but unfortunately, it's water under the bridge. Somebody else, it's not easy to figure out who had what in there. How do you know what's in, what anybody, in anybody's hangar? You can only tell, you don't get names. I mean, ships you can get names from, from the kill mails. But the rest of that stuff, it only shows up in cans based on, uh, on that. ESI has the details already? Okay. So why would you give, uh, so I guess, look, and you can go and give back stuff. If you want, I don't know what the point of that would be, though. Because, again, I think one of the arguments on the init side that is pretty good is this ISK is better being used by people playing the game now than sitting in the hangars of people who quit. And I personally don't think that if you're still actively playing the game and you didn't realize that this was a potentiality and you didn't do anything to, to stop it, that's kind of on you. But at the same time, I also recognize that this is not something that was ever done before, so you probably didn't think you needed to, which is fair. So in the end, this was probably one of the more significant diplomatic incidents that I've seen in the last year or so. It's not something that I think anybody wants to have repeated but it's, I think it highlights, you know, a, an ongoing and considerable issue that we're going to have in this game as we continue to de deal with the fact that, excuse me, that a lot of people who used to play this game all the time are not coming back. They're not here. And not everybody is going to do what Wally Marts or others have done, which is like publicly liquidate all their assets and then give them away. Some people are just going to walk away from the game and stop playing and, you know, their stuff's going to sit in asset safety. I mean, in the, at the end of the day, what's good for the Imperium as a whole is what I would do. And if I were going to walk away from this game, I would make sure that I would give all my stuff to my friends. I would leave. I, maybe I would keep some ISK or put some money into Plex and let it sit there. But it doesn't do me any good sitting on a bunch of Titans when folks who are actively playing could use them. So I'm not a big fan of, 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 of that whole philosophy either. And I'm definitely not a fan of, well, what about people who were still playing the game? Well, they had plenty of time, months and months of time to figure out what was going on. Now, again, I don't think this is something that should happen again. If it does happen again, I would be surprised. And I wonder, I mean, you think about it, I wonder how many times this has happened in other groups where it, they just weren't big enough for anybody to notice and to, to pitch a fit about. Because I can tell you, I, what I've seen from some of our, our folks on the other side, they, uh, they wouldn't hesitate to take a loop pinata out. I mean, especially you look at some of the low set groups, you look at snuffed and other guys, they would actively go. I mean, there, there was no way you could ever, I think, 
sell a structure to a group like Snuffed Out and expect that they'll pull it down without letting it go abandoned. And I think to the point of others who have sold structures that were former stagers and that they knew there was a ton of material that was gonna go to asset safety like Brave, Dunk Dinkle specifically went out of his way before he agreed to allow the structure to be sold that he had a firm commitment from people who don't break their commitments that they would not let it go abandoned and then loot pinata. I don't think he would have gotten that from anybody else. I don't think he would have gotten that from FRT if he sold it to them. I don't think he would have gotten that from Test if he sold it to them. Probably not Horde, May maybe Horde, because they're big enough not to care. But in the end, you know, that that's something that everybody I think needs to pay attention to, especially when they're selling structures that have other people's stuff in them. What happens to the other people's stuff? Not everybody is going to be nice and say, well, we'll take the structure down and let it go to asset safety. Some people are going to say, well, I want that stuff. And again, this is only something that we deal with in NullSec because we have asset safety in the first place, which I think is a, a probably a little bit too much of a crutch for us. Now, I'm not going to openly advocate on the CSM to get rid of asset safety. I think that probably would be going too far. There are legitimate reasons why it's a good thing. But our friends in wormhole space have lived with this for the entire time they've been in wormholes. And this is not, known asset safety is not the reason why wormholes are slowly petering out. That is all CCP, not asset safety. And the idea that NullSec couldn't exist without asset safety, I think, is not a legitimate argument. But at the same time, CCP has spent way too much time going back on promises that they've made in the past because they said something that was needed to placate the player base at the time and to ensure that they would take advantage of something that was new, but that was not something that would last forever or was a good idea to keep forever. And when Citadels came out, I think a lot of people were concerned that folks were not going to use them. They weren't going to adopt them. And I don't think anybody foresaw Citadels being as hugely impactful to the game as they have been for good and bad. As many bad reasons as good reasons. So now if you were to pull asset safety completely from NullSec, I think you'd have a lot of angry people, rightfully so, saying you guys said you'd never do this, but now you will. And Tarfon is correct. Asset safety has not been a thing in NullSec for far longer than it has been a thing. That being said, prior to Citadels, prior to asset safety, the worst that could happen is you lost the ability to gain access to your assets if an outpost switched ownership while you had stuff in it. The stuff stayed there. They couldn't take it. It wouldn't be destroyed. You just couldn't get access to it. And then that would give you an impetus to go back and take that station back. Is that a better system than the one we have now? Arguably, yes, because more people played the game when that was a, that was the thing. But that wasn't the only thing that kept them playing the game. 
So in the end, you know, I, we need to, I think we have to look at this from a 2022 perspective rather than a 2015 or a 2016 perspective. And the perspective is right now, it is almost 5 p.m. Eastern time in the United States. It is almost 2100 UTC, 2200 in the UK. This is prime EU time zone. It is a weekend and we have 20,000 people playing EVE Online right now. That should be in the 40s, folks. It's a weekend. Summer's over. It's September. It's the middle of September. School is back in. Oktoberfest started. This is not good. And that's one of the reasons why I'm not as angry as some of you are about what in it did because i feel like in a game that is losing players as fast as eve is losing them and not getting them back we're not seeing people just taking breaks we're seeing them actively quitting and when i mean actively quitting i mean like liquidating everything they have and giving it away so that if they do come back they're broke which means it's more or less likely that they will i think everything that we have that's in the game should be going to people that are playing the game I know that sounds harsh, but that's kind of my philosophy. And, I, and on the CSM, I've said this many, many times. We need to be promoting mechanics that get people in space and doing things and not spending all of our time chasing people who don't play EVE Online to get them to play. We need to be spending time giving the people who are actively playing things to do and reasons to fight and play with each other and keep playing the game. The acquisition cost of a new player is pretty significant for MMOs, especially EVE Online. But it's not that hard to keep people here once you get them addicted, like I am, like all of you are. And for those who suggest that I should just play Albion, no, the game is ugly. I love EVE because it looks as good as it does, as well as it plays the way that it does. If Albion actually had, like, graphics that didn't look like a fucking Fortnite game that I might consider it. I'm just saying. Plus, I like internet spaceships. Internet spaceships are fun. I like spaceships in general. You know? If they made an MMO like a Navy MMO, maybe I'd consider something like that. World of Warships gets kind of boring after the 37,000th time you've run the same thing. But EVE is always fun. And the politics and all of the things. Where else, where else could you have an hour-long show talking about one incident that happened between two groups have me going back and forth with myself while people in chat are screaming and yelling at each other. That doesn't happen in any other game. That happens on Twitter about politics, but it doesn't happen anywhere else. Right? That's one of the benefits of EVE. So... We have hit an hour. I actually did it. I can't believe I managed to pull this off. I talked for an entire hour. And thank you guys for sitting and watching and listening to me talk for an hour, even if it was about stuff that you don't care about, Goonie. If I hadn't talked about it for an hour, I would have had to talk about something else for an hour. And God knows there hasn't been a whole ton of stuff happening lately for me to do that. So 
this was a good story. So, ladies and gentlemen, today, September 17th, 2022, this has been the Meta Show. We talked about a whole bunch of stuff. We talked about new ships. We talked about Gobbins claiming he won a war when he was here for less than, uh, like, the time it takes to bake some cookies. And we talked for a long time about the Bastion in it, kerfluffle. Hopefully that's the last time we'll ever have to talk about this and we can all forget about it. But in the meantime, thank you guys for joining me for the Meta Show for today. I hope you all had a good time listening to me talk myself next week. I don't know what we're going to do next week, but we'll probably have guests because this is the first time we've done the Meta Show without guests since Boat did it in October of 2019. And it's kind of rough without guests. So we're going to keep putting on the best show that we can for you every week like we have been doing since I took over the show in November of 2019. Thank you all for watching. And you stay classy, New Eden.